In the town of Whitby, there's a cute little girl. Her name is Lydia, but she's kind of a douche lady. She had 14 people who wanted to kill her. Oh, who in the town killed little Lydia? That was so good, Alan. Good I job. know. I just thought of that. Out of fourteen people. Out of fourteen people. Who killed her? Who in the town of Whitby killed well, Lydia? I hope that this podcast goes well because we are kind of rusty since it's been two months since we last recorded. Has it been that long? Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, guys. It... <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> just an apology, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. If we were getting paid, I I think I'd feel a little more sorry, but... You know, had I known it would have been two months <laughs> ago at the end of the last podcast, I would have said, Well, everyone, hope to see you next year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I missed out on that one. Happy New Year, and yeah. Yeah, next is Martin Luther King Day, guys. Well... Let's, let's let's recap. Let's let, recap before we jump in. Let's recap. If you can recall, the last person we spoke on was the lovable George Costanza-esque <laughs> Charlie Brown down on his luck accountant, Thomas Whitby. Yes. Yes. Kind of the pathetic Thomas who Thomas Whitby his like his last name is Whitby. He's from that town full bred went to school in London Loser. and <laughs> got his accounting degree came back set up shop and is pretty much like everybody's accountant so he knows a lot of he knows a lot of information he's got a lot of juicy of tidbits little, of information yes he's like a little weasel but just I would say he's more like a big weasel. Yeah, he is. He's a little fat weasel, but... <laughs> maybe maybe not fat, but really fluffy hair. But it gives him the appearance of being yes. fat. Yes. Anyway, he, he's he been around forever. His family's been around forever, forever. He's super socially awkward. And he just... He, like, wants to be loved and wants friends. But at the same time, he just does not have the skills to do that. And he's an introvert, so... Yes, and then he, like, got greedy and swindled Elizabeth out of, like, all, all, everything. The whole thing. The whole enchilada. His uh, catchphrase, if you forgot, was, good grief. (laughs) What? (laughs) No. He was such a loser, even his dog didn't like hanging out with him. (laughs) The dog, I forgot you added him in. (laughs) The little black and white beagle. His little dog. And, um, I mean, I don't really know what else to say other than... What else is there to say? I don't even know. He's just the poor, pathetic little Thomas, and nobody really likes him. Actually, I resonate quite a bit with him. (laughs) No, you do not. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, so... So, the next character we're going to introduce is... Might I add? Okay... This next character we're introducing is definitely my favorite character out of the whole thing. Is he your favorite? He's my favorite. All right, so it's James, the butler, who 
He's like, he's pretty bad, eh? He, but here's an important thing to know about him. Though his name is James the Butler, he's one of those cool guys who doesn't mind if you call him Jim or Jimothy. (laughs) Jimmy. Jimmy John. Jimothy, Jimmy. He's just, okay, have you seen Les Miserables? Like, he's kind of like that one dude. Hugh Grant. Yes. Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Yes. Liam Neeson. No, no. Is not Liam Neeson's character too? Oh, I don't know. What is the real name of him? Jean Valjean? Jean Valjean. I should look this uh, up. It's played by Liam Neeson. Let's let we're gonna take a <laughs> take a look at this. No, don't pause it. No, I do not want to edit this. We're no, no, I was gonna say, hold oh. on. <laughs> Pelosi? Okay, I'm gonna look this up. But he's just like that character that you love and just like He's kind of bad, but at the same time, you're like, I want you to win. Like, even though you're kind of, like, even though you kind of did some shady crap. I would put him, like, like as I a mix still between want you to be good. Hugh like, Jackman and Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad? No, Jesse Pinkman. Of course, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. He's like a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. So Reggae Ralph. <laughs> Zangief. He's like Zangief, except he's he's skinnier. No, I think if I was to give you kind of yeah, an idea. Yeah, it's Jean Valjean. No, I'm going to give you a different. The person I think of when I think of him is uh, um, Kyle Reese. From from the Terminator, he's the the good guy who goes to save Sarah Connor from okay. the original Terminator. So for all the men watch listening to this, so not like Kyle super Reese. OP in the sense of like could kill anyone at the the drop of a hat, but can hold his own and could kill anyone at the drop. What of does a, what does OP mean? Overpowered. Oh, and for all the women out there that listen, Jean Valjean. Okay, so let's get into this before we, like, bore the whole audience out of their minds. Well, we're six minutes into this. I know. This okay. is so bad. Okay, so the James the Butler, he's 56 years old, <clears throat> but let's talk about his backstory. <clears throat> he's 56. <clears throat> Sorry. So I've lost my voice, if you can't tell. Sorry about that. I should like water or something, but anyway... So, from an, from a young age, he was thrown into society as kind of this, like, scab. Just on the street, his parents beat him, and taught you how to pit pocket, pick pockets, like, from age four on. Just, like, surviving. Surviving on the streets of London from a very young age. And learning that just survival is the most important thing. Had he grown up in the 50s, he would be wearing a leather jacket, yes. slicking his hair back, and playing dominoes on the corner of 7-Elevens. Yes. So he's in and out of jail most of his teenage years until he kind of wised up and was like, got smart about stealing and started like recruiting people to do it for him. And just smart, like totally street smart. Totally street smart. 
and kind of started bu- building his little like empire. It, yeah, his little pickpocket empire. Um, and they got pretty good too. Did yeah, you guys, yeah. So, have you guys seen Oliver? Have you guys yeah. seen Ninja Turtles? Yeah. The pickpockets I mean, like, at the beginning of Ninja Turtles the yeah. movie. So Very by sophisticated. by the time he was thirty four years old, he was like known on the streets as Jack Strike. So that's like his real name is Jack Strike. Um and he's kind of like the the kingpin. Kind of like a mafia leader in a way where he he has these followers and he's just kind of like the king of the streets and he just has this like gang of guys and it's kind of when he turns 34 it kind of starts getting like out of control and his life he must is have, spiraling he out must, of control no he must have just had like a midlife crisis or something where he just it's not it wasn't the a life midlife that crisis he wanted to live it, it was like, that I'm sick of this. he got implicated in in his crimes and had he been caught for what he was been doing he would have gone away for life well no three life sentences i thought no he was wanted like he was he was the most wanted man they were gonna kill him yeah if he were found they were going to kill him pretty much it got to that point so he decides to retire and just move away so While he's in London, kind of feeling like he needs to escape in some way or else he's going to end up dead, um, Jane Murphy moved to London when she was 20. Let's recap on Jane really quickly. Jane Murphy is Elizabeth's daughter who, like, just kind of was the black sheep of the family, moved out, wanted nothing to do with her mom, and she met, she moved to London, met Jack Strike, and kind of starts gambling away her, her money almost as soon as she arrives. Jack doesn't really know. Jack Strike doesn't really know Jane, but he overhears her talking about Whippy and how amazing her life was and like kind of like the area. That it's far enough away that people don't really know about it. And he and kind it's of almost like a utopia is how it was described to him. Yeah, like she she still loves Whitby. She just doesn't like her mom and wants to escape that and her past life. And so James kind of asks her about it, but not like intently, just kind of like nonchalantly. And um anyway, Jack is like, dude, I'm gonna go like I'm going there. I'm totally going there. Um Just because it's like this little island, nobody really knows about it. It's super private, and there's a ton of rich people. So he feels like that would fit him really well. So he he decides to go to Whitby while Jane stays in London. Like, he doesn't even... They don't even know. Like, neither one of them really know what's going on. But Jack decides to go to Elizabeth's house, end his career as the gangster, and kind of just start a new life. In an analogy that would would work and take place, um, are there any gamblers listening? I guess you can't really respond to us. Any wanted men? Have you ever been in a casino where you have a ton of poker chips and you're like, should I keep playing? 
Or should I take my chips and run? Yes, cash out so with that's, your head. So that's exactly what Jack Strike did, is he took his poker chips and cashed them in. Yeah. In the process, changing exactly. his name. He changes his name to James, um, and he starts working at Elizabeth's house in 1888. And he doesn't want to run anymore. He settles down where nobody could ever find him. And he just kind of is Elizabeth's butler and is totally happy doing it. Elizabeth isn't too crazy and... He does this, though, because living as a butler... I mean, he's got it made. He's got his money. But as a butler, it gives him the perfect alibi. And it gives him kind of a sense of reason to live. Yeah. And something to do. Well, so... Let's talk a little bit more about this transition period. So, Elizabeth raises Jane. Jane breaks away at age 20, moves to London, meets Jack Strike, and she kind of like, she goes wild, obviously, and gets pregnant with Lydia, while James is kind of contemplating what the heck he's going to do. He decides to move to Whitby, and Jane, uh, Jane... comes back to Whitby and gives birth to Lydia. Remember all of this? I remember. So Jane comes back to Whitby and um, I guess James hadn't moved until Lydia was born and Jane left again. So really quick, let me just kind of clarify. Jane moves to London meets up with Jack Strike, tells him everything, and that's when he kind of hatches his plan of like, okay, I gotta get out. Like, I've gotta start my exit game plan. Meanwhile, Jane moves back, gives birth to Lydia, and then when she gives birth to Lydia, Elizabeth kind of gives her this ultimatum of like, you need to either stay here and like raise Lydia as your own, or you need to like leave and never come back. Because I don't want this back and forth. I can't handle your shenanigans. Like, what do you want to do? Jane decides to leave 100% and kind of disconnects herself. And that was kind of a pivotal moment again for Elizabeth and Jane. So this is... James comes into the picture after Jane leaves the second time. So while Jane is going through her whole fiasco with giving birth to Lydia and figuring out her life. James is like getting his exit plan ready and and figuring out ways to get to Whitby. Which is interesting that like Jane, who was given everything on a silver platter, wants to leave that like amazing life. Like you, you don't know what you have until it's gone, I guess. And James, who's like literally been raised on the street is like just dying to like settle down and do nothing yeah I think in the future we should start a new series off of this about the fresh prince of Whitby (laughs) like the grass is not greener on the other side right like Mm -hmm. I just think that that's like a you you want what you can't have and that's just how it is so so Jane goes back, she brews Lydia, she goes back to London, and they, James and 
Jane don't see each other until Lydia's getting married 20 years later. So, like, their paths barely crossed, right? Mm-hmm. So, does Jim... He must know that... uh Jim? Jim? Jimothy? James? Okay, sorry. Sorry, he, he's cool about going by Jim or James. Okay. I mean, it depends. Sure. <laughs> um... My question was, he knew when he went to Elizabeth's house that that was Jane's family, that Lydia was. He knew that that was Jane's family, and he knew that he could not arrive until Jane returned back and was like, I swore off my family forever. So, maybe we'll get into this later in the podcast, but... Is James the butler Lydia's dad? So, that's to be determined. I don't think so. I've written it that 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 is not known information, but you could speculate. Did they ever act in such ways that would make No. No? No. Okay. No, it was just kind of like a passing by, like... They don't really know each other super well. But Jane, like, remembers James really well. And James kind of just knows who Lydia, or knows who Jane is, and just is like, I'm using you, I don't really Okay, okay, okay. So in that sense, James was an important person. Lydia recognized him. Kind of like if you, if one of you recognized um, someone famous, you go, oh my gosh, I know that person. Even if you talk to them for a moment, you would recollect and say, "Oh man, I talked to that, yes. that famous person." Like once. Jane loves, but the famous James. person would never, not wouldn't really know ever you remember are. you. Exactly. So James and Jane don't really have a relationship at all. So when when James comes to Elizabeth's home, right, he's kind of like, "Hey, like I want to be your butler," and he kind of fakes his way into becoming her butler. And Elizabeth just likes that he's a straight shooter and honest, and he's pretty handsome at this point. And she just was left with Jane's baby, so of course she wants help. Um, so it's kind of like perfect timing. Um, and the cool thing is that Lydia, like James and Lydia, become really, really close. Lydia's just a baby... Um, and James kind of steps in, like, within the first year of her being born, and is her friend, confidant, like, they they get really, really close, and she thinks of him as kind of like the father figure in her life. And he is the father figure in his life. He is. Her life. And I think that they, like, spark this really lovely relationship that, um... They really do care for each other, and James being, like, who he is, um, like, when he left his past in London, he left it, and he kind of just put that away and was like, that's not who I want to be anymore, and he totally changes into this, like, awesome, lovable dad figure guy. Also, get to your toast in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah, who gets your toast in the morning. And I think that's where it's like, that's what's so endearing to him is it's like he had a past. He did a lot of shady things. He brought a lot of people down, but. But. But he like turned into kind of a cool guy. Like he, he saw that he didn't like the life he was living and he didn't. He didn't want to die, and he he didn't want the life that he was living. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> when Lydia moves, when Lydia grows up and goes to London, he is, like, super, super protective. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, he knows the, all the bad stuff that happens in London, and he's kind of, I don't know, overprotective? Is that a good good word i wouldn't say overprotective but he is protective so one <laughs> one thing that he's really nervous about is like the police have been looking for him for literally the last 20 years and he's really nervous that lydia's going to go and like somehow figure out that he is a wanted man um that's kind of like looming in the back of his brain. Like, oh my gosh, what if she like figures out my secret? Um, so as much as like, as much as James loves Lydia and like loves his new life, he would literally do anything to keep his identity secret because if his identity is found, he will die pretty much. Is there a character that's like Inspector Javert? No. No? Javert. Javert? No. No, yeah. not really. It's a missed opportunity. But yeah, totally Jean Valjean character. Like, totally. So, could you say that he ever dreamed a dream? He definitely dreamed a dream. Of days gone by? Yeah. What about words unspoken? <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much it for James. I feel like if you have questions, you should... Ask them. Yeah, ask some questions. Yes. And where? if you, yeah, you can ask us on the. So I have an I have a, an account on Instagram called Lydia Murder Mystery, and feel free to ask any questions you wish there, right? Yeah, or you can ask us at our uh, other Instagram things. Yeah, we're on my Instagram because I'm pretty sure. Everyone following this follows my my Instagram. So anyway, we will I'll like put that in the SoundCloud description or something. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna start posting about this on Twitter. So if you want to Sweet. follow me at Ambone eighty eight. I think that's my Twitter handle. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. At Ambone eighty eight. A-M-B-O-N-E-8-8. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Keep it fresh. We need like a jingle. Lydia's gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) Lydia's gonna die. (laughs) Who killed Lydia? Where in the world is Lydia's murder?